Welcome to Fort McMurray Matters. Keeping you connected to our community. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. Welcome to the show. My name is Alex McLeod. Today I'm joined over the phone by Mayor Sandy Bowman and we're going to talk about last night's council meeting. How are you today, Mayor? Great, great. How are you? I'm doing great. So I guess we'll jump in first to the Past Two Place presentation. What was that kind of about and what is Past Two Place? Uh- uh, Past Two Place is a local nonprofit that provides detox, pre-treatment, day treatment, post-treatment, and also has drug court. Um, they do that all at Past Two Place. Just uh, south of the city, uh, if you turn in uh, Cross and Tim Hortons on your way to uh, McMurray Métis, um, they're located there. A uh, small facility, but it does such a huge, huge, huge uh, asset to our community. Um, and we really thank Executive Director Amber Fort and her entire team uh, and what they do up there. I know Amber was a little nervous coming into council uh, last night, but she did an amazing job, amazing presentation, um, and we very much thank her for coming in and educating not only all of council, but all of the community on what they do. Um, I'm a huge advocate of what they do up there, um, and I was actually invited with the MLAs earlier last year to go up and visit the past two places. And I've been there a few times, and what they do, what they do with what they have is beyond amazing. Um, the government of uh, Alberta provides support for them as well as United Way. And in the past, uh, the municipality has provided some support as well. So we want to uh, do whatever we can to help uh, what they're doing up there and be able to expand their programs because it's one of the things we talk about um, what we need in this community and the drug addictions as well as uh, mental problems that, st- that stem from it. Uh, places like Pass 2 Place are invaluable to the community and uh, what they do with what they have is just incredible so we thank them for coming in um, and we just we look forward to the further growth of their facility up there for sure they were just talking about like the detox services they provide and stuff like that is there were they kind of like asking for anything or is it just being like hey this is the services we've been providing and hope to expand them kind of thing yeah no amber uh, didn't ask for anything last night she just wanted to educate and that's uh, what she's been trying to do the last while with uh, council and the community because uh, we hear a lot in the community about uh, addictions and drug addictions and and not only in our community but across the province and even people from other communities actually come here to this facility she has to um to get treatment so that that speaks volumes for what she does. Um, having drug court brought in there, it, she lost some of her uh, post-treatment uh, facilities during COVID, of course. Uh, so they want to expand that post-treatment uh, post-treatment facilities they have with another building, possibly, uh, to be able to expand that and help the community. Because that's one of the toughest things when people go through treatment, uh, detox or addictions treatment is and they go through that and then they end up back in the same place they, where it started. It's just a continuing cycle. The post-treatment is something that would definitely help the community as a whole. For sure, and hopefully the show will be able to come forward and kind of present that and get some approval for that. So I guess we'll move now on to the Bob Campbell Field down at Mac Island that is going to be renamed. It's not the current one that the Giants are playing at. It's actually one right beside, correct? Yes, it's, it's uh, the one next to it. And actually, it's, it's, I don't believe it's being renamed. It hasn't had a name. Um, so we're really happy to bring this forward. Uh, Bob Campbell is a huge uh, community advocate. A uh, long-term resident has done so much for the community and his volunteerism and his support for even sport and re- including sport and recreation. So we're really pleased to bring this forward. And uh, as we stopped the administration yesterday, we're going to see uh, a lot of the fields in town. Um, the actual naming be uh, up in president, and they possibly have those people come into into council to um, 
to get presented with these with these uh, recognitions. Uh, last night, actually, Bob Campbell's son was in uh, in council last night, and I really appreciate him taking the time to come down to check that out. Um, and this was recommended by our community identification committee. Uh, so anybody has anything else in the community they'd like to get named or or they think somebody somebody needs recognition, that's the that's the route to go. That's awesome. And will they be putting up a sign there to be like, oh, now it is named Bob Campbell Field? Yes, that's the intention for the future. Even all the, a lot of the, a lot of fields that are named and don't have names on them right now, but the intention is to do that in the future. That's awesome. And then I guess now I guess part of it would be we'll jump now into the citizen recognition program because I guess recognizing citizens, people who do good in the community, what are the categories that people are recognized for and how is that going to be all working? There's numerous categories that they're recognized in. Uh, we have a citizen of the year, everyday hero, indigenous advocate, and a youth. Um, those are the four, the four um, categories. Um, and that hasn't changed. Uh, we had a great ceremony last year and some great individuals are recognized um, for other contributions to the region. Um, well, the really, one of the only changes really made to this program was adding key to the region in that program. Uh, previous to this, the key to the region basically didn't have anything, um, a path forward, path to go forward. It was just uh, emails basically to the mayor's office and requesting it. So this gives uh, council more, more of a, uh, a policy to go by, a, a, a uh, application form to go through, and council and myself can sit down to discuss it. So we can actually do um, a ceremony each year uh, for this during the uh, um, Council of Excellence Awards. But also, it opens it up to be able to do it anytime something comes up, an emerging issue, we can we can do that as well. But it just gives us a program and a policy in place for the key to the region. Awesome. And do people like from the community um, put in the recommendations, or does council do that? No, people in the community do. We really encourage residents to nominate someone deserving these awards, um, and we just look forward every year to getting as many nominations as we can. So we have a large group to select from and. And it's quite challenging as well. Last year, we had several people from each category, and really, they all could have gotten an award. Um, and last year was the most uh, applications for nominations that have come in. So, like I said, everybody on that list could have could have uh, got that award. Um, but we only give one for each each uh, category. But uh, we had a lot of great nominations last year. We hope coming up in the following year, uh, coming at we move into next year, we see a lot more. Awesome. Do you know like where we can access the like where we can nominate and also like when nominations are open, when the winners will get announced, stuff like that? Yes, you can just go to rmwb.ca and there'll be a link on there. Um, I don't know if the nominations are up yet, but they will be coming up. Um, and then the winners will be uh, announced at a public council meeting um, following our decision um, as council. And then we do a small awards ceremony following that. Uh, last year we did that right at Jubilee Center. Um, and we just brought in uh, family and friends, um, had a, a light lunch, and uh, had some speeches from um, myself um, and all of the award winners. So it was a nice little ceremony. Um, usually the ceremony comes up January and February of each year. Awesome. So I guess next we'll jump into the legal support being provided to Councillor Dogar. Um, just mostly want to touch on that and just let people know kind of what's happening with that whole thing. Yeah, so with that, it's, it's a policy in place for basically anybody that um, has that volunteers for the, for the uh, RMWB, um, employees, anybody's acting in capacity um, as their role uh, with the region of Spalago, Buffalo. Uh, could be even someone volunteering for our Winter Games are, are on this policy. So the, uh, 
the discussion is isn't about and not about um, taking sides in the situation or um, advocating for um, a counselor or someone else. What it's about is just about an insurance policy that exists for legal defense, um, and that doesn't include damages. It's just an insurance policy that's covered there. And we've also been advised that Ms. Pally is the holder of the policy, so it's likely to be found liable um, under the policy by court to use it anyway. Um, so there's not much of a, it's not, there's not much of a debate there. It's the insurance policy exists and uh, it's there for any citizen that is volunteering or working for the RMWB or acting in any capacity um, for the RMWB. Good to know, just a little bit of protection for the people that work there and stuff like that. Um, exactly. It's super important as well for people that volunteer to know that's in place because um, anybody can make any claims at all. We want to make sure um, we have such a large um, interest in this community for volunteering, and, and that's why we get some big events in the community um, because of our volunteers in the community. So we want to make sure everyone that volunteers feels like they have some backup in some case in some way. Awesome, for sure. Shout out to all the volunteers, and I guess we'll also shout out all the fire volunteers coming up. We're going to talk a little bit about fire safety and kind of um, a lot of fires are man-made, so it's just more we are safe in the region right now, but it's just more talking about how do we prevent these fires in our region. Yeah, so the best prevention is not, is nothing at all, um, no fires at all. Not, uh, so what, right now in the region, most of the Blue Buffalo region, including Fort McMurray, there's no fires allowed of any kind. Uh, we're extreme fire hazard continues across the region. Uh, want to make sure that everyone realizes that there's um, all for, uh, fire permits are suspended or canceled. There's no fire permits we issued. The fire ban applies to fires throughout the entire region, including outside fires of any kind, open air fires, recreational fires, uh, for, portable or fixed fire pits, including backyards, charcoal barbecues, and fireworks are all banned right now in the RMWB. Um, we just need to stay safe, um, don't be careless, and just remember that 70% of uh, most wildfires are human caused. Uh, so if an emergency fire did occur and there's responses required, the person responsible for the fire can be charged full firefighting costs. Um, and that's not much um, comfort when a fire, wildfire does start, but it does show you the, the extreme um, nature of it and how, how we need, really need to be careful as a public and uh, to kind of watch out for your neighbors. You see something, um, we need to get on it as fast as we can. Um, it also goes to... Um, UHV, OHV riders to just uh, extreme ride rider safety and take precautions. Uh, there is an OHV ban um, in the RMWB right now. So I know everybody wants to get out right now and get on their ATVs, OHVs, and get out into the, and enjoy the beautiful boreal forest we have. But we just need to little, give a little bit until this fire risk goes down. Um, we just need to take care of each other and really want to thank um, our um, emergency services and our forestry for all the work they've done and they've jumped on the few fires that have popped up recently um, they've jumped on those very quickly and because of that uh, we're not in a fire hazard right now with those those there and, and two I believe are out at this time or under control enough that they're considered to be out yeah for sure like yeah I just checked out the um, wildfires this morning and it looks like the two that were up near Fort Mackay are now one is extinguished one is under control so we're we're safe here, but it's more just people like not throwing their cigarette butts out the window, being aware of like. Absolutely, and yeah, we talk about that. And cigarette butts out the window uh, is huge. Uh, that's a huge starter of fires along roadsides. Um, and if you want any up-to-date information, I mean, uh, there's lots of uh, social media out there. But your best uh, best way to see it is through Alberta Wildfire app. 
um, check out that app. And if you're worried about smoke, uh, firesmoke.ca will tell you where the smoke's coming from. We get a lot of our smoke from Saskatchewan, and we have a low-pressure system that pushes the smoke down into, into our community here. Yeah, that's very informative. Good to know for people and just know that the information that's coming in from Alberta Wildfire and stuff like that, that's the most up-to-date info and the Alberta Wildfire website is where you can find most up-to-date. Exactly, yeah. And, and, and how we've responded right now um, with the fires that have started in our region, it just shows the need, need to keep going with our fire, small pro, fire Smart program and keep everybody aware and keep everyone safe. Awesome, for sure. Is there anything else that I missed that you wanted to touch on before we finish up? No, I think that's great. Um, it's a, it was a relatively short meeting, and uh, right now the uh, forest fires are what's on most people's mind, and uh, and rightfully so. We have uh, Our community's been through a lot in the past, and uh, it's still very triggering just to see smoke and to hear about forest fires. And our thoughts are with the other communities uh, south of here and uh, west of here that are um, battling fires at this time. For sure. We just want to extend our... I guess, well wishes to them and hope everything works out well for them and they can get back home. So I just want to say thank you, Mayor, for coming on and filling us in. And I hope you have a great day. Thank you. Have a good day. We're back to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. Welcome to the show. My name is Alex McLeod. Today I'm joined in studio by Lauren and Melissa. And today we're going to be talking about the Indigenous Speaker Series. So first we're going to ask, who are you and what do you do? My name is Lauren Goloski. I am the Reconciliation Advisor with the Regional Municipality of Wood Buffalo's Indigenous and Rural Relations Department. Um, And part of my job is I do programming to help advance reconciliation in the region and part of that is um, we have a book club in partnership with the library and it's bringing our latest speaker to town for our Indigenous Speaker Series. All right, I'm Melissa Redden. I'm in the Community Engagement Department at the Wood Buffalo Regional Library, and I get to do fabulous things like run book clubs and have programs throughout the community to engage and bring people in both with literacy and with important topics. Awesome, sounds super exciting. So first we're just gonna talk about what is the event you're gonna be hosting tomorrow night? Yeah, tomorrow night we are having a night with Cody Catano. He is an Anishinaabe Portuguese author out of Ontario and he wrote this fabulous 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 memoir called Half Bads in White Regalia. Uh, it was a book given to me by a co-worker this year and I think I gobbled it up in a couple days shared it with a couple other people on my team shared it with the library it became a book club pick and uh, we decided to bring him in to be a guest speaker because uh, it is just I don't know a fantastic read. Absolutely I think when I got the book uh, across my desk again I've read it in like just a couple days. It was super compelling and just really got you in all the places and all the fields, but was, yeah, just really touching for this topic. Will he be like talking about the book or like reading it? So he's going to be joining us at um, Jubilee tomorrow downtown and he'll be doing a read from the book as well as a talk and he also works in publishing himself so he's going to be giving tips and um, tricks on writing and and publishing your work and things like that. So uh, we're really looking forward to the event and to having an exciting speaker come and share their knowledge and wisdom with us. That sounds super exciting. So people are trying to get into like the book writing business can come and get some tips and stuff like that so i just kind of want to ask like what is the reason or i guess like purpose of the event like why is he coming in to talk to us well selfishly because melissa and i are obsessed um True. with the book um but 
We started this book club and the Indigenous Speakers series as a way to build bridges between people um, and cultures and learn more about the reasons why we need reconciliation so badly. It's really a way to put yourself in someone else's shoes to try and see other viewpoints and kind of expand your way of thinking. And really, yeah, our ultimate goal is advancing reconciliation and doing it through through literature and, you know, great writers that we have in our own country. I think it also opens up that wider conversation, whether it's at the event that evening between people who are reading the book or just bringing those topics up that you can really have that information to digest and work through on your own. For sure. And kind of what is it going to teach to the people that come in and and enjoy the event, obviously, like the writing aspect of it, but also the people that are listening to the book part of it. (laughs) I think what we've learned through having the book club, um, this is our fourth title, maybe third or fourth or fifth. Um, is it's really a it has created a safe space for people to have conversations and to ask questions and share experiences and not feel judged for not knowing something and it's really like we host um, kind of bi-weekly discussions when we have a book that we're reading on Zoom and people share experiences and ask questions and get vulnerable and through doing that you're able to get to a better understanding and better awareness for yourself. So I don't know exactly what he's going to talk about, um, what exactly people might learn, but that's the experience that we think people will have and that we want people to have. Kind of how do we learn more? Like, what is the event going to be teaching? Is it for all ages? Where is it going to be held? Yeah, the event is tomorrow, Wednesday evening at Jubilee, 9909 Franklin Avenue, and it starts at 7 and goes till 8.30. And it is for all ages, but I'd say the book is for kind of high school and up. Um, There is some sensitive topics that could be challenging for younger audience. Yeah, that's like a way to put that. So yeah, it's a free event. You just register on Eventbrite or stop in if you uh, feel so moved to do so. We'll have snacks and refreshments and uh, hopefully just really good, meaningful conversation. Awesome. Sounds super exciting for me. Is there anything that I missed that you guys would love to touch on before we finish up? Um, I think just make sure to follow us on social media through Wood Buffalo Regional Library, um, as well as the RM's page. Awesome. Follow along. We do a couple books a year, or probably four books a year, I think is kind of our goal. And we really want more people to come join us. It's mostly virtual, but we like to do in-person things as well. And we just, we really want people to to get reading, I guess, and and read for reconciliation. Awesome. Thank you so much. And Lauren and Melissa, thank you for coming on and telling us a bit more about what's happening tomorrow night. Thank you. Thank you. That's the end of another edition of Fort McMurray Matters. Want a copy of this episode or any past episode? Download the podcast at Mix1037FM.com. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix103.7.